0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start It Up Podcast. It's the weekend, so you know it's crucial conversation time. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jamal Crook. Jamal,
1: was it a little lonely last weekend? Yeah, man. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't get a chance to record with you. I, I didn't know what to do with myself. I know. And I was
0: I ooh, I almost said the word stuck. I had a great time. I was I was pleasured to be with about 21 people almost all students Uh, we went to Austin and San Antonio so missed you so had to do crucial conversations with myself which was kind of like self therapy I don't know (laughs) anyway one of the things that we enjoy is we have said several times if you're doing awesome things don't be shy we want to hear about it and uh, on the on the on the air with us right now is Christy McAvoy he is a teacher in Switzerland and what I love about this is that I had the chance to connect with his class way early in the year, completely like slipped my mind. Cause when he reached out to me, it, it didn't occur to me I'm like, Oh yeah, I've already called his classroom. Um, but he reached out to me via LinkedIn and said, Hey, love crucial conversations. So we wanted to talk about his take on genius hour. So I want to introduce Christy McAvoy, Mr. McAvoy. Thank you for being on the show.
2: Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And, um, it's one of the thank you guys for doing crucial conversations because i think they're uh, really necessary and everybody involved in education should be listening to them and and having their own as well
0: yeah yeah i'd love, love that so um i remember now talking to your your classroom uh, early in the year and uh i was i uh, like impressed by the enthusiasm already but what was the, what was the point of entry? When did you start, you know, wanting to know more about Genius Hour or as you guys call it, time.
2: Yeah. So, um, it's, it's a funny story. I, um, I, I taught in grade one, uh, for four years and then I made the jump up to grade five and over, uh, last summer and over the summer before, um, I started in grade five, I was a bit nervous, you know, it's a big jump. And The kids are very different in terms of what they can do and how independent they are, and the fact that you know in grade five we're using laptops and and it's a whole kind of different game. And I was visiting my wife's family over in Pennsylvania, and I decided to you know go for a cycle through the forest. And I thought I'd listen to a podcast on the way, so off I went and started just happening across the Cult of Pedagogy podcast, and you were the guest. And I listened to you talk about Genius R, and I just was so invigorated and I just thought this is is what's going to be my big driver this year. This is what's going to save my year because I want to take this on and uh, I want to see what the kids can do. Let me
0: get this straight. So I can tell by the accent you're not from Australia. I'm I'm sorry, you're not from Switzerland.
2: Certainly uh, not,
0: Australia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so so uh, accent sounds Irish.
2: Yeah, yeah. So just uh, grew up uh, just outside of Belfast.
0: So somebody from Ireland, kind of. Uh, well, because you said, you, I remember talking to you earlier. You said you were born in London, correct? I
2: was born in London. Yeah, yeah. So somebody somewhere.
0: born in London, raised in Ireland, teaching in switzerland listens to a podcast uh who was origins i think she's from kentucky and then indiana that's 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 global learning right there (laughs) so i love hearing about that talk about collaboration right yeah so So,
2: i mean we're just with podcasts and books and everything that we have now it's so easy to connect with you know people doing amazing things in different countries so i think it's wonderful
0: Jamal, actually, you should ask this about the
1: like administrative side of Genius Hour. Yeah. So, you know, one of one of the things and maybe you can start us off. uh, One of the things that a lot of teachers uh, have a struggle with is actually doing Genius Hour in lieu of their curriculum. So tell me how you went through some of those challenges and how did you overcome the curriculum Genius Hour challenge? Challenge.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, we do the International Baccalaureate in my school. So, the PYP, the primary years program, is essentially made up of, of six units. Now, with the PYP, it, it, it's essentially a framework um, with a lot of freedom within to structure things and tailor things, you know. So, you can be in Asia, or South America, or Europe, wherever, and you can tailor those units to be much more relevant to, to the kids. So, um, we have an element of freedom that maybe uh, people within a certain state or county uh, don't have. Um, But even with that, um, we had, I had to find a way to integrate, you know, because you, you know, time is is a precious resource in the classroom and you can't just clip stuff on without, you know, taking something out. And so um, I had spoken to the management at the school who were very sort of open-minded about this. And um, I appreciate that and they were able to, we were able to sort of construct a, a year-long unit um, that started with what we end up calling I-Time um, and actually finished with something that all uh, PYP schools do, which is called the, the Exhibition, and that's a big project they do at the end of their primary school um, about a topic uh, of their choosing within a sort of a big idea. So, for example, this year, our idea was about sharing the planet, and so there's a bit of um, freedom within that in terms of you know, finite resources or conflict resolution, there's a few different things they could explore. Um, and it was just a perfect um, stepping stone to get them to those skills that they needed to, to hit on. Um, so within the, the PYP, they have these things called approaches to learning. These are skills, there's about 30 of them, um, but they're broken down into groups. So there's thinking skills, social skills, communication skills, self-management skills, and research skills. And so, I mean, there's just, there's not an ITime project that a child could choose that doesn't touch on not just one, but all of those. Um, so I would have the kids choose three specific skills within there that they were gonna develop through their project. And then I had a few other kind of hurdles for them to jump in order to get their project through the pitch stage. So they had to um, involve an interview with some kind of a specialist in their project. And that allowed them, you know, to work on their communication skills, writing a good email to somebody uh, kind of thing and interview skills. Um, Their project also had to help others in some way. Um, And then they had to sort of make a plan for their project and break it down week by week, set themselves some goals, you know. So there was so much that was enriching the the curriculum. uh, And it was so integrated that we were able to make it work in that way. I love that. Yeah, go ahead Jamal. Yeah, no.
1: So so uh, uh, another thing that um uh, some teachers struggle with is is the the grade factor, right? Yeah. You know, you have your you have your really intelligent kids and they're like, you know, how do I get an A? Tell us <laughs> how you overcame that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, it was it was really quite funny because so we don't I didn't have to grade. It wasn't a part of the it, what we do instead of grading is we basically have the areas of the unit and we say, you know, are you sort of emerging in these areas? Are you developing in these areas? Are you already demonstrating these areas? So um, that's uh, not a grade that I will put on them. Like you get an A, you get a B. But at the same time, <laughs> I really found it quite ironic that a lot of the time it's the students who are getting those top, top, top grades that struggle when it comes to this freedom, um, this ability to, to think about, well, who am I? What do I like to do? Um, I don't, I'm not following instructions right now. I have that, that opportunity to explore. Right. So and, then, yeah. Yeah.
1: and then in what areas specifically, like, can you give us an example of like what they would be emerging in, developing or demonstrating mastery in?
2: Um, so, so it would be broken down. We, we also have um, the learner profile in mm-hmm. the primary years program. And so that would, you know, that, so for example, if we had our focus of through I time, we're going to focus on are they maybe we could maybe look at commitment and maybe we could look at creativity okay. so then I would be able to look through and say well when when things were getting tough you know were they were they committed were they how much support did they need in that area so maybe someone who would come to me very regularly and say, "I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this that would be somebody who's maybe emerging in that area of commitment um hmm and then depending on then on how, um, or, 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 creativity for that matter. If someone's constantly coming to me going, I can't think of this. I can't think of that. Oh. Maybe they're emerging. And by, hopefully by the end of the year, they have a lot more independence in those areas. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, that makes
0: perfect. sense. Go ahead. Yeah. No, <laughs> I am seriously geeking out over here. So, uh, a couple things. Number one, I think and all the people I've talked to, and I shouldn't say all, the overwhelming majority of people i talk talked to, they run into the same problem. The, the the kid that gets the perfect grade at times struggles with this. So I like how you're kind of, you know, breaking it down and, and, and guiding them through that process. Um, but you, you mentioned something that I haven't heard people mention before and that, Like a lot lot of people reach out to the outside experts and want to talk with people that are, you know, building a network, but you'd mentioned like how to write a a good email. And um, that is something near and dear to my heart as well, because um, there, there's been a couple of students that embarrassed me Mm -hmm. (laughs) by sending an email. It's like, so David here, Uh, I totally want to learn from you. And like, it, in some ways, you're like, hey, I want to learn from you is, is kind of nice, but like, "Sup, up, Dave? <laughs> so uh, that learning how to do, was was that like a little mini unit you guys did? Um,
2: so this, yeah, so this was really, what I loved about the iTime this year was it was completely organic. You know, I didn't know at the start of the year exactly what I was going to be teaching the whole way through the unit but it became really apparent that Mm -hmm. being able to write a good email was a skill they just didn't have yet. So I had to, I mean, I made up basically all my own resources for it. I know there's some good um, resource opportunities out there that people can look into, but I thought, look, I'm just going to meet them where they are. So for example, I came up with an acronym for a DEERS email. So D stands for deer. So start with deer. E is for explanation. So who are you and why are you writing to them? Mm. Um, your A was ask. So ask them a question. W- what do you need? Do you need an interview with them? Whatever it is. R is for respect. And I was like, if you can give somebody a compliment about what they're doing already, say you appreciate what they're doing or thank them for their time, that is huge. Um, and then S is for sign off, you know, with a your sincerely or kind regards, whatever that is. So there was a bit of a structure there, but Just giving them that idea—it's really simple, but a couple of, um, you know, starting off with something positive is—you know—you can really make a a big impact. Especially if they realize this email is coming from a ten-year-old and it's written like this, that person's much more likely to want to actually talk to you.
1: Right, and you—you know, you know, you kind of sound like uh, the the Ron Clark guy a little bit. Um, I think I think a lot of people struggle with the the fact that maybe I'm going to miss out on my standards. Right. And even when you're doing something that actually adds value to the kids at the level that you're doing. And like, just, just from just a standards outlook, I just want everybody to know that's listening. If you're in the States specifically, like writing is a major standard. I know it is in Florida. I'm sure it's, it is in every other state like just hearing what you're doing and getting that communication and teaching them how to communicate with others effectively hits on a lot of different levels, but it like tears down every standard. I remember when Don came to my school district and, you know, he kind of challenged everybody in the room. It's like, you know, what standards are you teaching kind of deal? You know, you have them on the board and you kind of go through, but when you ask the kids like, do they really know what they're learning? Um, you know, you hit so many different standards, and I think it—it—it um, it, it, it sounds like uh, your kids are developing self-awareness at a level that most fifth graders are not. So, when you look at like just their self-awareness from day one all the way to the end of school, did you see a difference, and or do you have any specific child that you know you saw grow through doing gene Hour?
2: I think so. I think that um, being able to see where they got to eventually when they had this um, exhibition, which is a really a big project and it's a lot to take on, that they were able, they did have those skills already, you know, starting to come through. Um, it's funny, actually, I just spent a week um, in Ardèche in the south of France. Um, we did like an outdoor um, sort of education week with kayaking and, 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 you know, geology walks and caving and climbing. And, you know, to see the resilience in those kids and the confidence they have and the self-awareness they have, you know, iTime cannot take credit for all of that for sure. But I think it was a contributing factor. I think being able to have a bit of time to think about who they are this year and reflect a little bit about who they want to be um, can only be a beneficial thing.
0: I got to ask this question. Do you have a blog?
2: Uh, i <laughs> I don't know
0: Jamal, That's- you know where I'm going with this <laughs> yeah yeah I, I one of the things that Jamal and I pride ourselves in is that we're like we're finding like these awesome people that are reaching out to us, and we appreciate that, but then a lot of times we're like, man, like more people need to know what you're doing, I mean you're doing it the right way, my friend, you're doing it the right way um i, I uh yeah, a couple other guests we've had on that do have their own stuff. I mean, we happily support it, but I, I think that it's it's really cool how you break it down. Also, just how you're working with your system there in Switzerland, mm-hmm. um, and and you're showing because I, I think that that is the art of this all. Um, right. The number one complaint I hear is, well, I don't have time to do genie sour, high time, twenty percent time, whatever, and it's the art of integration. You know, at the elementary school level, I can argue that you do have time. You can, you can squeeze it and you can fit it in. You can make it accommodating at the middle school level here in the United States. A lot of us are teamed at the high school level. I do admit it is tough. That's why we're campaigning for it to be its own elective, but you've mastered that art of integration and playing and coloring within the lines there at Switzerland. And And I think that a lot of people in other countries can, can learn from that, both from a Switzerland point of view and just from
1: an art and integration point of view. And the coolest thing, too, just to add to that, is you're not like at a school that is, you know, a middle of the road school. You're not at a school that's a low performing school. You're not even at a school like that's, you know, like that would be considered high performing. You're at an ID school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the rigors of an IB program, you know, you get evaluated like you, you have to do certain things. There's no like if I don't teach this, then, you know, but like there's a there's a almost I want to say for lack of a better word, a commandment to do exactly what they're looking for in the IB system. So you found a way to integrate it all. It's just it's just phenomenal.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, thank you for those kind words. <laughs> um, I I do think that it's important to, to to zero in on on why we do what we do, right? I mean, we send kids five days a week to a building. What are we doing that for? And uh, when I have a you know parent teacher night or something like that, I try to put a poster on the outside of my door that said, "Who do you want your kids to be?" You know, and just try and encourage people to put some words up there. And you know grade A student never comes up um, <laughs> perfect <laughs> never comes up but all those words you know happy resilient confident um, you know fun um, you know motivated all those those words come up and I gotta say in terms of it, there's there's definitely a bit of a selfish uh, motivation behind all of this because those, Moments in the, in the day when, when we're doing eye time is the time where I have to, quote, work the least, right? I'm not there to motivate the motivations in the room. Um, I'm just there to um, sort of direct that surge of, of, of power in, in, in the right direction, you know? Um, so there's definitely that side of it for me.
0: Well, I, (laughs) I, for one, uh, want to encourage you to, you know, keep reaching out and, and who knows? Like I said, start your own blog, podcast, whatever. Uh, cause I think there's a lot we can learn. Uh, and this is a horrible question to end on, but I'm going to end on it anyway. Uh, what are some of the, f- cause like this is a question you could probably literally go on for 30 minutes, but give me a couple of four instances on student projects that like really stood out. Like you're going to remember these for, for quite some time.
2: Yeah. Um, well, there were, there were a few, um, for me there, was a, there were a few real successes this year. Um, I had kids writing um, sort of ABC and number learning books for younger kids in the school and they went down and read those to them. I thought that was a really nice um, project. They had an author come in, they interviewed the author and learned a lot about book writing. I thought that was really cool. Um, we had some other students who just, they, they just wanted their project to be raising awareness and teaching others about something. So One of them was learning about the Ocean Cleanup um, project that's happening. Um, Someone else just wanted to learn about how touch screens work. Someone else wrote an interior design blog. Um, There were a lot of kids who wanted to learn about computer game coding and they were able to make that one kid made his own, he's a big ice hockey player, he wanted to be made his own ice hockey game. Another one made a football game. Another one made a, a few of them made different platformer games. Um, one project, which was just, there was a couple that were kind of just getting off the ground. And then that, um, exhibition I talked about kind of came in and that really took over the time, unfortunately. Um, but the seeds were there. There were, there was one, uh, there was a group who wanted to, well, they started to, they were making prototypes. They wanted to upcycle plastic and plastic bottles. They were, they were making plant waterers and bird feeders and pencil holders and, Actually, it was interesting because they were going to sell these and, you know, that's where we kind of got into a bit of a gray area about how much you can sort of make money off this. Um, they decided through a bit of structuring that they wanted to donate it to a certain charity. Um, someone else who wanted to do recycling projects. So um, it's definitely, definitely a lot of positives coming through. And I think with a little bit more time as well, they could have grown into something really special, which... Is one reason why next year I'm 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 going to I'm hopefully going to be running if we have the numbers an I time project which actually is going to be in the middle school so this cohort that are going up into the middle school I'm hoping that a good group of them will sign up to this and now they've had all that background I'll be able to carry that through a bit more into middle school.
0: Well, we might have to do another edition of Crucial Conversations and include some of your students next year. And when I say next year, I mean you know the semester coming up so yeah
1: wow I mean,
0: yeah Jamal, final thoughts
1: man if if you're listening to this and you you are struggling with you know in, empowering your students to learn at a high level um with with anything that you're doing i think one of the key takeaways today is really learning how to integrate because really when you look at genius hour that's what we're trying to teach our kids to do trying to teach them to think outside the box, but also play within the rules, so to speak. So if, if you've if listened to this today, kind of challenge your own thinking to say, well, how can I do what's best for my kids, given all of my circumstances? Um, that's all I have. Yeah, me too. I
0: Thank you so much, uh, Christy, for being on the show. <laughs> Sincerely appreciate uh, you reaching out to us and, and uh, agreeing to be on, on the, the podcast. And not like I said, not a continued success, but uh, let's circle back here in a few months and uh, have a, a really cool conversation with some of your students.
2: I would really like that. Thank you so much guys for having me. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Well, there it is. So for Christy McAvoy, Jamal Crook, this is Don Wedrick reminding you it's opportunities everywhere. We'll see ya.